Hello, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. It is the month of March. That means Hardcore Pride Weekend is upon us, March 24th and 25th at the First Unitarian Church in Philadelphia. If you've not grabbed your ticket yet, please click the link in the From Within Records bio and grab one before it's too late. From Within Records Podcast Network, Dudes Doing Movies, hosted by Dan from Warren and Lennon from Carbonite, a fun podcast. If you have not had a chance to check out episode one, I highly suggest you do so. You can thank me later. If you're not following From Within Records on social media, please boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. If you're looking for high quality merch for your band, for your business, please hit my friends up over at Good Fortune Printing out of Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. You can follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. You can get in contact with them through email, contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. You can thank me later. On today's episode, we had to track down our good friend Sean Krim, plays in Morbidity, Capsule 9, and Sinister Feeling on Rebirth Records. If you're not familiar with any of those bands, I highly suggest you hit pause, go check out Morbidity. I love what they're doing out there, mixing it up in Baltimore. Same thing with Sinister Feeling, Awesome Power Violence, and Capsule 9, shout out Delaware. I, I love a lot of things coming out of Delaware. So please, if you're not familiar with any of those bands, hit pause. Go boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, YouTube, Bandcamp, and check out all those records. Three awesome bands. I was excited to have Sean on the podcast. He came recommended from a close friend who chooses to remain anonymous, which I don't really get, but I will respect their wishes. So shout out to Sean Krim for being down to come on the podcast. It was definitely a great conversation, but... Before we head into the episode, this weekend, I will be in L.A. at an undisclosed location. I can't reveal the location at the time of this recording, but uh, by the time it's out, hopefully it will be revealed. But I will be in L.A. twice is in town for some very awesome things. But this weekend, they will be hosting a pop up. Uh, you know, it's a great way to make money to sell some cool merch. So I'm rolling out there with my good friend, Andy Weaver. And I'm so excited because twice is amazing. So any chance I get to be able to support that group, I will do it. I saw them multiple times last year and it was life changing. And more recently, they announced they're doing in a uh, or excuse me, they're doing a stadium tour. They're coming through and they're playing SoFi Stadium, which is insane because I've yet to have gone to SoFi Stadium. I was supposed to go there in 2020. Uh, Taylor Swift uh, had her album Lover. She was going to do Lover Fest, got tickets, obviously due to the pandemic. It didn't happen and it never got rescheduled. And now she's about to do her next tour. And that was a whole mess. I didn't get tickets for that. It was, it, it was crazy. Like when I think back to 2020 
and how easy it was to get Loverfest tickets uh, and comparing it to how challenging and impossible it was to get tickets to Taylor Swift here in 2023. It sucks. I hate Ticketmaster, but I, I, I don't know what the alternative is. And I get why uh, these big artists uh, have to go through Ticketmaster. It's a, it's a weird business behind the scenes, but it's annoying. So twice is coming to SoFi stadium. So far, the only announced date is June 10th, but they always do the one date and it's going to sell out. They're, they're so popular. They're way more popular now than they were last year. And they easily sold out the, the bank stadium of California. And, and it's crazy because uh, first time I saw them was at the forum and then they, uh, came back and played Bank Stadium, which is a bigger venue. And here we are now. They're playing a, f- a football stadium. So for sure, sellout is going to happen. And they're going to announce night two. So th- th- it's, it's going to be too nice. There's no way that they're coming all the way from South Korea. And, and it's it's what they do. Because you can look at the dates that are announced. And there's these gaps in between. And it's four multiple nights, which... I'm all about because uh, it was life changing last year and I have a great feeling it will be life changing this year. It'll be even better this year because last year I went alone, which was fine. Uh, You know, I I, I do a lot of things alone, but I found this discord or maybe they found me. I'm not sure. Uh, Let's think about this. I was invited to this discord and I'm always skeptical about joining group chats or whatever, just uh, weird personalities. Uh, but it was a great one. Shout out to the discord. They know who they are, but we're all going to go together and it's going to be an amazing week twice, two times, right? We're, we're going to go twice to see twice and it's going to be an amazing week, but please support twice. Uh, top three k-pop group of all time does anybody want to debate that uh, arguably bts blackpink twice right i don't know who's bigger or who's even better uh but there's this new group oh my god i could go on for hours but there's this new group new jeans right uh and this is very um uh great information right so just uh, look up New Jeans. They just announced their collaboration with McDonald's. And out here in the States, right, it's, it, it's kind of played out. But when you go international, uh, it's not that big of a thing. Uh, BTS has done some stuff. Shout out BTS. But when you think about this new group, New Jeans, they're doing things that are insane. They're so popular and their music is so good. It's It's addicting. If I pull up my Spotify stats, they might be my number one listened artist just because they're they're so good and it's crazy they only have like off the top of my head maybe six songs because they did their first release which had hype boy attention cookie and what is the last song i'm blanking on the last song i have to look this up but it's insane how how they've taken the whole industry by storm and as, as long as I've been a fan since 2020, I've never seen a new group pop up like this and uh, be able to be so popular. Okay, so first release was their first EP. Okay, Hurt was the last the last song they're So attention, Hype Boy, Cookie, and Hurt. 
and then they came out with ditto and then oh my god it's insane they're so good so popular and i i love it i'm really hoping that they make it out here this year uh I, rumors are kcon which would be amazing I, th there's so much k-pop this year it's insane i have to miss some of it i, I can't do everything I, I wish i could do everything because there's some groups that are coming there's a k-pop convention in vegas in april and bbg and from us nine are going to be there and those are two of my favorite groups i literally have my bbg albums right here that i have not opened got these weeks ago but um you may have seen it in the vlog go follow my youtube page we're doing weekly vlogs but i've not opened those yet um but i will have to miss them because i will be um should i say yeah whatever we'll be at coachella we gotta see scowl shout out to scowl scowl blackpink same day that might be the coolest thing right i, I get to see this great hardcore band in the morning in the afternoon i don't know what time they're gonna play and then end the night with blackpink because they're headlining it's, it's gonna be a good time and i'm so excited for it but please support twice support new jeans support scowl they're on this amazing tour right now with jesus peace zulu shout out to zulu's new record uh, show me the body uh it, it's crazy awesome bands but support them go listen to sinister feeling go to rebirth records big cartel buy everything i love what they're doing i love bob wilson but please strap in enjoy this conversation without further ado welcome sean Krim to the show podcast sean cram how's it going i'm doing great how are you doing i'm doing great i'm happy to have you on the podcast like i was saying before we started recording uh fan of sinister feeling and i, I like the other two bands that you're in uh but i'm just curious uh is it just those three for right now or are are there any other projects you're working on um so yeah so right now i've got sinister feeling morbidity and capsule nine and then uh, right now, a, uh, a nice, a nice gore grind band called Future Scene is in the. Uh, we are in the demo writing category because we have a show in like. I think we have a show in like three weeks, uh, so we have to get some music together for that. So, okay. one more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find that interesting. How do you, or why would you even want to book a show when there's no music? Um, one of the things that we've uh, at least been like trying to do is. Um, I guess it's kind of like a, one of the things in like Baltimore right now is like um, we well, I think one reason we kind of did it was just like uh, just something to like have fun with. Um, but to uh, Ethan, who plays guitar in Sinister Feeling, um, he booked the show. I believe he booked the show and he was like, you know what, do you just like want to try to do a Gorgrind band for fun? And so basically that ended up becoming 
It was basically the majority of sinister feeling, except for instead of our instead of our bassist Flynn, um, we pulled from our homie Harrison, who plays bass in Ethan's other band, Hostage Crisis. So we kind of did it as like uh, maybe we can create this other band to where if we need to open more shows, we can just hop on there for fun and um, yeah, also just to have some fun with it. Okay, I I like that role, um, opening shows because I always uh, kind of feel bad when I uh, put certain bands as openers because some people might take it the wrong way or they want a a later time slot to get a better look. But it's just like you know, sometimes it just makes sense for certain bands to to, to be first. And I I always uh, you know think it's fun. You can get the business part out of the way and you get to enjoy the rest of the show. You don't have to worry about you know playing or taking care of stuff for the whole night. Oh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to worry about playing because uh, Morbidity is also playing. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a nice double duty that night. <laughs> okay, and uh, I, I guess we can start there with uh, Morbidity. Uh, I, I always have to. I think before I say that word, uh, it's not something that I use, uh, you know, commonly, but. Uh, I actually really like that band a lot. Normally, not my typical type of music that I would listen to, but when I was, uh, you know, checking out the bands you were in, I was like, "Oh, this is something that I'm actually really into." Uh, can you talk about like the origins of that band? For sure. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, so let's see. I think um, so. I moved to Baltimore around like 2019. I want to say before. So before then, I was living in Delaware, and I believe I had went to a baltimore show i don't remember exactly what show it was um but uh clay who does vocals in morbidity and also basically writes everything in morbidity um i think he was just like hey i'm trying to do like a metalcore like hate thousand band and he was like i i heard you're like moving to baltimore um would you be interested in playing it and he mentioned it once and i think i was like yeah that should be totally fine because i mean at that point i was like trying to you know just get more involved however i could and then basically covid hit and like everything just paused like you know um and i want to say i think i think the demo came out in like 2021 for i forget um but basically the the first ep dropped um and i ended up like hitting clay up and saying hey is that was this like the project that you were talking about because i really liked it um and he was like yeah are you interested in playing bass and then we got, you know, everyone else for the band, uh, Michael on guitar and Andrew on drums and Morbidity. Okay. And uh, can you talk about uh, where you recorded the demo versus where you recorded the latest release? Because um, I, I think for that type of music, I, I really like the the, the uh, higher production because to, to me, I, I feel like it translates better, if that makes sense. Mm hmm. Yeah, so I, the the funny part about Morbidity also is like so, <clears throat> along with Clay writing everything for that band, he also records everything. Mm -hmm. um, so more often than not, we will just like go to a practice or we'll go to a show, and he'll be like, "Hey, I have like a new EP just completely ready to go," and we'll just be like, "Cool," you know. Um, he'll send us. He'll usually send us like the the base ideas, and then he goes to he just goes to one person. Um, I forget the two people he went to. He went to someone different for the first, uh, the first EP, and then this new EP. I think uh, for what is it? I think he went to someone different. 
Um, but he basically just records it all, all himself. I think all the drums are like programmed. Um, all of that. I don't remember if he's been playing the drums on there. Um, but yeah, he basically just will be like, yep. Yeah. I'm going to like record this new EP this weekend. And then he'll get like half of it done. He'll be like, all right, we have like, I have like one more weekend and then he'll go back and like finish it up. And that just ends up being it basically. That's wild. That's cool that he has that much talent and that much creativity and also the, the drive to go out and do that because uh, to to record everything on your own, it's uh, a lot of work for people who've never experienced, uh, you know, trying to record music. Yeah, he's a he's a metalcore madman. That's for sure. I think he basically was just like just had so many riffs available and he just wanted to like um, do basically just do it all himself. And I mean, it's worked out perfectly. Um Basically, like everything he ends up sending us, I'm always like, I really have no notes on this. These are these are dope, and I love playing the songs too. Okay, and that's awesome that you're enjoying it because sometimes it can get a little weird when uh, you know there's uh, just like you know one brain behind the operation. So the fact that you're you're enjoying it and having fun, I think that's really important. Yeah, I agree. Um, and also, I guess it just like makes it all fits into my schedule way better um, just because I don't have to worry about, I mean, usually I just kind of give like the same feedback if he, if he ever asks for any feedback on new stuff. Um, but even then, usually I don't have to give much feedback. And usually my feedback is like, Hey, maybe you can put like a blast beat part here, but that's usually just the extent of my feedback. Cause what he writes is like, I, I really enjoy it. So yeah, me too. Yeah, the the new EP, uh, Ravishing Impurity. I, I I think it's super sick, and I, I I I do enjoy the the cover. Uh, something about red and purple. Maybe it's because I'm a fan of Magneto from the mm -hmm. X Men. Uh, but I just love whenever those colors go together. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Um, yeah, I forget if I forget if Clay did it, but I think I mean so far we've done all of our uh, all the releases through the Coming Strife Records. Um, and I want to say. I want to say they did the art for that, if I'm not mistaken, or like clay might've had different art in mind and then he sent it over mm -hmm. uh, and they were like, Hey, what do you think about this? And then I believe that ended up becoming the art for ravishing impurity. Um, but yeah, they've been awesome so far. It was really nice to like, uh, basically just play essentially just play in a band and then get actual vinyl for the first time for, uh, you know, a band that I've participated in. And I'm curious about uh, your local scene. Uh, how is uh, Morbidity received out there? Because when I think of the uh, you know Baltimore scene, I think of bands like Ended, uh, you know, uh, Trapped Under Ice, uh, you know, Turnstile. But I'm curious about uh, you know that type of style of music. Um, for the most part, it's like uh, I can't say we've been like uh, I guess like widely accepted or anything like that i mean i don't even know about like accepted it's like we played a couple baltimore shows but um i would say like right now at least in like the grand scheme of like the baltimore scene and like the maryland scene i don't think there's there i don't think like baltimore or just like maryland in general has ever been like extremely big like a hub for like metalcore mm -hmm. uh, so i think we're kind of here but like We've done a couple, I think we did, we did one weekend where we went to like South Carolina and Florida and we were received really well from that. Um, and then we have like a Northeast coming up where we're going to like Massachusetts and Connecticut. Um, think we'll probably be rece received a bit better up there. Mm -hmm. 
think like one of the goals with Morbidity is just to keep playing in Maryland and hopefully kind of establish, uh, you know, metalcore a little more. Yeah, I think uh, kind of the goal with Morbidity, well, mostly with also Clay kind of being the one who like writes everything. This is kind of a project where it's like I enjoy playing it, but it's like mostly like he he's the one with the reins being the one who like writes all the, the music and whatnot. So um, it would be nice to like establish some sort of more more of kind of like a metalcore presence in Baltimore or in Maryland just to uh, kind of, uh, you know, give people something different. Um, and also kind of show like the different possibilities of like the kind of bands that you can make, um, if you're, you know, into hardcore hundred percent. And it, it would be nice too, because uh, obviously I feel like that type of music could easily mix in well with, uh, the normal hardcore scene. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the, at the end of the day, it's like, uh, DD has parts that people can mosh to. And, you know, I think we're all, uh, united by mosh in, in one way or another. 100%. And you briefly mentioned uh, the Northeast weekend that you have coming up with uh, Erode and Not One Truth. Uh, I'm curious how that got put together because I'm a huge fan of uh, Not One Truth. Um, so let's see. Uh, yeah, Not One Truth is awesome. They're all all homies that we've like known for a while. Um, we um, So let's see. The drummer of Sinister Feeling, um, he, him and a bunch of homies used to do a band called Lovers and Braille. Um, I want to say they're active probably from like 2019 ish and then COVID hit. And then I think basically what ended up happening was they were like, we're not really trying to play like this style of, um, of like metalcore anymore. Um, so they essentially changed the name to a road and wrote, uh, the recent a road EP that came out. Um, basically they're all of our friends and they have like more or less kind of a similar style of, of like metalcore to, to what we have. Um, so we were always like pitching together, like we should do, like, we keep calling it more, more broad weekend. Um, but basically just like two Maryland bands coming together and, you know, going really wherever we can. And then we had played with, um, I think we already had it in mind to just ask not one truth because basically all of us like know them already. Mm -hmm. And we were lucky enough to play a show together, uh, at the media VFW a couple months ago. And we were like, you know, are you guys able to do like any of the days of this, uh, this weekend? And they're fortunately going to be able to do two days. So, um, came together pretty smoothly. So that's awesome. And you also have a show next month with a Canadian band called Prowl. Yes, correct. Yep. Which, which I, I'm excited for. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Prowl. That those are my friends. So I'm happy for them to finally make it back to the United States. Yeah, I'm stoked to uh, like I'm stoked to see that whole show, and then also it's just like anytime there's any band that comes from like super far away to just play Baltimore, it's always like cool to you know give people who are going to shows like something something new that they can see, you know. Hundred percent, because for them uh, being a Canadian band, from just across the border, it, it's a big ordeal. So I, I hope um, everyone at all the dates across America give them the best, because it's not every day that a band, um, even here in the states, for, for a band to do a full U.S. tour. But here comes this uh, hardworking Canadian band, and they're about to, you know, brave the you know long stretches across america and i, I think that's really awesome especially uh, right now in 2023 because the it, it's way more common to do regional stuff 
uh, you know, weekend here or there, which is totally fine. But for a, a band to, uh, you know, uh, go crazy and want to do full U.S. and shout out Tsunami, they're about to embark on their full U.S. tour, which is uh, completely DIY, which is amazing. So it, it, it's really awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's cool to just like uh, the the pro. Yeah, I think you mentioned like the prospect of just doing it like a full U.S. is is very daunting. The prospect of not only doing a full U.S. but also being a band that like has to deal with even though you are like you know a couple miles over a border in like canada you still have to deal with all of the the prospects of like getting in and out of your country mm-hmm. uh, so big ups to big ups to prowl 100 percent. and shout out to reaching out they just had their record release show the other day and i'm so proud of that band and uh, i'm stoked to see them thrive yeah they're uh they're awesome they played a show uh I forget how many months ago at uh, at Holy for Holies in Baltimore. Um, I think they did shoot. They did two covers. I wanted to say they did uh, they did some Marauder cover and they also did a Bulldoze cover, and it was awesome. And yeah, every time I I think I've seen them a few times now, and they just keep getting better, which is which is awesome to see. Yeah, and uh, it it always gets brought up when people talk about the band, but they're all so young. So to to see them like so far. Uh, like advanced in their hardcore career or even so much in tune to do those kinds of covers and to, um, you know, have uh, records out and to be traveling and doing shows. I, I think it's so awesome. Yeah, I agree. It's like the right way to, to do things, you know, like really just uh, really just like do as much as you can, um, you know, with the time that you have and, you know, just continually like putting stuff out and just traveling and like showing people like, you know, this is what our band is about. Hundred percent, and and it shows real dedication, right? Because to to be that young and that um, you know organized. Because when I was their age, I was uh, busy uh, saving up lunch money or saving up my my early paychecks and my first job just to get to a show and and hope that my older friends were were, were down to drive because. Uh, I didn't get my driver's license until I was like 18. So I was bumming rides for so long. So, uh, so when I was their age, I, I definitely wasn't, uh, doing what they're doing. So it, it's super awesome to see. And I'm so proud of all of them. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, now I, I want to talk about a uh, sinister feeling. Uh, I, I'm just curious about, uh, the origins of that band. Obviously you, you uh, mentioned briefly, you were moved to, uh, Maryland, uh, was, this band going on or the idea of this band i'm um, having before your move or was this once you're were established in your new town um so i always had like the idea of sinister feeling for a while um even like without i had the name um i basically like for a while I'd, i i think i forget what year it was when i first heard the band left for dead but i was like once i heard that band i was like i want to do like something like this like just fast aggressive type hardcore um and that was like definitely in my mind even like while i was living in delaware um but a lot of my homies in delaware just are like insanely busy with it's essentially like the the majority of people who make up the delaware scene are like already doing like multiple bands themselves so it's like i wasn't able to find anyone who you know had the time to be able to do a band like that um but then fortunately uh i got a new job and i moved uh brought me to baltimore and uh, I'd already known uh, Ethan from um, there used to be a spot in Baltimore called the Raven Inn that had quite a few shows. Um, I had already met him there and then also just seen him at, you know, various other Baltimore shows. And we had talked, I think, 
while like lockdown was happening um about like hey i'm trying to do like this fast band are you interested um and then those talks probably like a year later he had started doing jive bomb and i that kind of spurred me to be like hey i know you're doing this other band already are you interested in doing like that fast band still um and then really everyone else in the band came together i had already known nick from i think talking to him a few times um and at one point i just like went up to him at a show and was just like hey do you know how to like you can play blast beats right um and he said yeah and then i was like would you be interested in doing like a fast hardcore band and he was like yep so got him and then uh ethan already knew our bassist flynn from like playing shows with him quite a few times in other bands um so yeah it came together pretty quickly and i'm curious uh, for that style of hardcore why did you want to focus on that um, I think it just like resonated with me a lot. Um, I have like a insanely short attention span. So like short, short songs really like to the point, um, very like uh, straightforward lyrics. I think those all, I mean, those are basically like the amalgamation of like what the band Left for Dead is among uh, quite a few other bands. But like, I think Left for Dead was one where I was like, this is like exactly what I'm trying to do. Um, and basically all that mixed together i was i was like yeah this is what i'm trying to do this is this is the the most resonating style for me so i think i would love to do a band that's like in this in this style or some like style similar to this okay and what was it like once you got the demo out as in um just kind of like the reception or like uh just your feeling to, uh, about the band, right? You, you worked to kind of um, you know, get everybody together and you've had this idea for a while. Yeah. Oh no, it felt great. Um, like the demo ended up coming together like super quickly. I think we probably were writing for a couple weeks. Um, I think we even got to the point where we were like, we were like, we only really need like seven or eight songs for a demo. Um, most of our songs are like really short. So we were like, yeah, it's just like a demo. We don't need to like put, uh, a ton of songs on here. Um, so all came together. Um, we went to Matt Redenbow, uh, who is, um, he basically, I think he's like a, an assistant at, uh, what is it? Develop. It's either developing nations or just, I think it's developing nations, which is a, a, a basically like a studio here in Baltimore. Um, that's recorded a ton of really, really insane hardcore records. Um, but I think he is the assistant there, but he has his own um, studio uh, out in like Western Maryland. We just drove up there and uh, yeah, basically banged out the demo in a day and that was it. Yeah. And demo's awesome. And I, I enjoyed that, but uh, to, to think about uh, having seven or eight songs, uh, I, I feel like <laughs> even though they're short songs, uh, that still is, uh, you know, a, a lot of songs. Was there ever any thought to maybe just cut it in half? Um, I think we've started I've, like I've, I've started to like think about that a lot more um, because uh, what we're planning on doing next is like a full record. Mm -hmm. uh, and I recently kind of what I was thinking from the beginning was we were just going to kind of do it the way the demo was, where it was just like, we just go like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, um, you know, those are our songs and then go from there. Um, but I was like reading a, an interview recently that uh, the vocalist from Coke bus did a while ago, where he was like for, uh, for their record confined, they wrote like, 
I think like 15 or 16 songs or something like that. And then they basically were like, we just basically took all the songs and we were just like, okay, this is a good song. This is a bad song. Uh, cut it. This is a good song. This is a bad song. And then that turned into confined, which is like nine or 10 songs. Um, so that made me like think about it in a different way. Um, to where I honestly don't really mind if like the, our, when our record ends up coming out, if it's like really short, um, just want to make sure like quality is there um, while also, you know, not like phoning in any songs. Um, so I think there's a little more thought into it now. Um, but uh, honestly, like a lot of my favorite records have like, <laughs> like 10, 10 plus songs for that are really quick. So I, I don't really personally mind a like really long, really long record or a song, like a record with a lot of songs, as long as like there is, um, I guess like flow, good flow to the record. Um, it doesn't feel like there's like a lot of filler in there or something. hundred percent. Yeah. I, I can, uh, you know, think of some records where a lot of tracks, but they're all hits. Right. So I, I get excited to, to look that record up on Spotify or wherever I'm at. And I know it's going to be an enjoyable experience. Right. And sometimes I stress like, Oh shit, do I have enough time to listen to the whole record? Because uh, that's how many, good songs are on there. Right. I, I enjoy the uh, entire body of work, but mm -hmm. there, there are some of those other uh, full lengths where it seems, um, or, or maybe uh, it's not the case, but sometimes you, you come across those tracks where it is like a chore to, to listen to. You want to uh, skip it or you just want to show it a, a little respect and just let it play through. But it, it, it ruins the flow. Like, like you said, right. It has to have good flow. I agree. Yeah. It, like sometimes I'll listen to a record and, um, it just kind of feels like uh, there was a certain length that the band was shooting for and they got about like four fifths of the way through it. And they were like, we have no more like ideas or something like that where everything kind of like flows well up until there. And then like the rest of the records kind of backloaded with just like filler more or less. Um, so I guess the goal is to just really, um, make it uh and this goes back to that same coke bus interview also but like um and also like i can name like a handful of records where i feel like this also but um the goal was that you know someone listens to it and it's just like a short blast like you don't have to sit there very long and once you're done the record all you want to do is like put it on again so that's the same way that i feel whenever i listen to like confined by coke bus so hopefully you know the final product ends up like that <laughs> Okay, well, if the promo is any telling, I uh, you know have high hopes for it because I, I enjoyed the the promo. Uh, the cover was awesome, and then the three other songs were were great. Um, yeah, and with that promo coming out on uh, Rebirth Records, uh, do you have a, a window for when the LP is actually going to come out? Um, not really. I think all we've been really thinking, or the goal that we have in mind, is to. Um, finish it and have it out by the end of the year. Um, I think that I, I've been saying basically by the end of the year, hopefully like within the first few months of 2024, I think is like a reasonable, um, a lot of our stuff's been able to come together pretty quickly uh, recently. Uh, we're like so far, like what we've put together has come together pretty quickly. Um, but still want to spend enough time to where like what we end up coming up with is something that like everybody in the band is uh stoked on and you know we get plenty of time to like make sure that whatever edits we want to make are um are made 
before we, you know, kind of like the best possible product that we can, or, you know, product uh, that we can put out. Okay. So you were mentioning uh, going on tour, you had more plans this year for, um, since you're feeling to, to stay busy, to kind of uh, not be forgotten. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like one of those things where, um, I, I keep kind of having to remind myself that like, uh, we haven't even been a band for like a year yet. So like, I, I still feel like, uh, nowadays even, I mean, for, for bands to get like a little bit more of a following, I feel like bands will, you know, have to be a band for, um, you know, two or three years, maybe even like four years before like people, you know, they get like more of a following or get like more people to like listen to their stuff. Um, so I kind of just keep that in like the back of my head to where it's like, you know, um, maybe it will take more time, uh, or kind of keep that in the back of my head to make it so that like, we're not like worrying about rushing something out, um, to just, you know, if we can keep like booking tours, if we can like keep having like cool shows coming to us, we can just keep doing that and then just keep, you know, um, writing new stuff, um, just, you know, on our own schedule. Yeah. I think that is a big advantage for the band, right. To, to have that, uh, mindset to be like, okay, cool. We want to do things at our own pace and we're not going to let the, uh, you know, perception of, uh, the, the, you know, hardcore scene or whatever the people listening, uh, you know, dictate, uh, what you guys are going to do. Cause th- that pressure is there, right. For, for, for bands who, uh, maybe, earlier in their career have a busy schedule and they're spoiling their fans with releases every year. But when they decide they want to take a year off to really focus on working on the next album, fans, uh, you know, will get upset. And obviously with music, there's constantly new bands popping up. So people are just going to find something new to latch on and, and maybe just get over what they used to like. But I, I, I do think that is a, an advantage to kind of just uh, be able to, uh, you know, know your place and just uh, focus on what you want to do. Yeah, for sure. And I think also one of the things uh, that, I mean, always plays uh, better into like uh, a band or like what a band's doing is like um, a good album is always going to be a good album. Um, it's kind of like, uh, you know, there's a reason that like some bands, I, I mean, this is kind of like a, like, I'm not comparing Sinister Feeling to this band by any means, but um, like there's a reason that like ceremony can still play all the songs off violence, violence and like people or like Ronner park and like people are like still going crazy for them. Like, Oh, you know, 20 years later. Um, it's like, if the record is good, then it's like the schedule kind of doesn't really matter that much. Um, the fans will always be there if like the music is something that they, you know, really enjoy. So I guess that's more motivation to like take a little bit more time with, uh, you know, getting the, getting the first record out, you know, hundred percent. Yeah. If you think about, uh, being a ceremony fan and imagine being a ceremony fan in real time, right. When they're, uh, putting out violence, violence and going through these, um, you know, sonic changes and for, for people to, to vibe with it that much and to love that band so much to, to stick it through. I, I think it's something special. So I respect ceremony and I love what they're doing. And I, I think, uh, that's a band that uh, a lot of people should look at and kind of realize that they don't have to stay in one box, right? If they feel like they, they want to write a certain type of album, uh, I, I say go for it. It you know, might be a little scary, obviously, with uh, bands changing their sound. Um, it could be too drastic or it could be the right move. Um, you never know unless you try. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like also like I don't know. I mean, time kind of dictates different things for different bands. Where it's like, you know, after a certain amount of time, like a certain band might not be stoked on a, a particular sound anymore. May want to like uh, um, explore something else. Um, but yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's part of the fun too because there's some bands that I love and they don't have the perfect discography so it's like all right like i uh, put up with you through some of the the darker times of your career but it's um great when they're able to kind of uh, you know get out of that and get back to writing good music yeah for sure but and i get it and, you know, people are probably screaming pulling their hair out you know talking about you know, music subjective and whatever and i get it like my taste in music is not the um you know the level the the, the bar where it's set it's just that's just how i feel when i listen to certain artists yeah, for sure. Okay. And I, I think it's awesome that since your feeling did that, um, that East coast power violence, um, tour, can you talk about uh, how important it was for you guys to do something like that so early on? Yeah. Thank you. Um, that was, that was like mind blowing, uh, awesome experience. Uh, like I don't really, um, I don't really like set any expectations for things, especially with like how new of a band sinister feeling is. Um, I, literally this is i mean this is the first time that i've ever done a like a real quote unquote like real real tour uh where we are in the van for 10 days in a row um uh most of the members of especially like mark and sam of flame god um we always like had it i've, I've known them probably since like 2018 um and we always had this like joke or kind of like running thing that we were at some point I was going to finally make like a fast hardcore or a power violence band. And we were going to do the, the, the running joke was that it was like ECPV East coast power violence. Um, and then sinister feeling happened and we were like, Oh, it's like, we actually are going to do this now. Um, it was like amazing. Yeah. It was, it was an awesome experience. And do you have a, a favorite uh, stop of the tour? I think so. It's a, it's it's a tie. I think it's a very close tie between uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and Lex Lexington, Kentucky. Um, so Jacksonville was after South Carolina. Um, we basically had a just it's like a pretty long drive. I think it's like six to seven hours or so from South Carolina to Jacksonville. Um, so we really didn't know. Like I mean, most of these shows we didn't really know what to expect. Um, we were just ready to play like a three band show. Um, we didn't really know much about like the opener who was playing. It was a band called smells like paint. Um, and the show in Jacksonville was at a spot called Island tropics, which is literally just a Jamaican restaurant. It's like you go in one, there's, there's one like side door, which or I mean, it's basically the main door. So it's like one side where the actual restaurant is. And then they have, you go through another side entrance and then or like a side area and there's kind of like a i think they just use it for like events so they like set tables up and you know i guess people have like events and parties and like stuff in there but for this they had a hardcore show so we pulled up and the door i think doors that night were at seven and we were seeing people there at around 6 30 who were already there who were very obviously coming to the show so like people wearing like mad punk patches, like, like wild, like leather and like all that stuff. And we were like, yo, this is going to be like, once we saw that, we were like, oh, this is going to be cool. Um, a band was added to the beginning, the, the opener band, a band called Sourpuss from both Sourpuss and 
I'm pretty sure both Sourpuss and Smells Like Paint are from Jacksonville. Um, they both were amazing. Um, they also were basically brought out like a ton of like punk like kids. So like very young kids from the basically like, the first time, like as, as soon as Sourpuss started, like everything like erupted and kids were going side to side. Kids were just like going insane. And Sourpuss sounded awesome, like awesome, like power violence band. And then Smells Like Paint was a more like straightforward, like hardcore punk band. Just literally, I think everybody in Blame God and Sinister Feeling were just looking around like, this is awesome. So like the best possible way that you can start it. Um, well, along with that, like before the show, we were able to go over to like the kitchen area and just go get like, I got like a nice platter of jerk chicken, you know, pretty good way to, to start everything off um and yeah i mean our set was like insane like i was i was like ducking and dodging the whole time someone spin kicked and hit our bassist uh our bassist flynn hit his like tuning peg and it, it fell off like literally he kicked it and he's like he holds his bass up and the peg is like this and then he he nub he like nudges it real quick and it just like falls off and yeah blame god set was insane just yeah, just literally like mind blowing. It was awesome. Um, and originally, our last date for this tour was supposed to be in Richmond, Virginia. Um, unfortunately, fell through. So for a while, we were under the impression that we were actually just going to cut the last day and we were just going to go home after uh, after Chattanooga. Um, but I believe Ethan, who plays guitar in Sinister Feeling, but he also plays bass in Jive Bomb, um, he knows a promoter out there who basically was able to add us to a. Um, a show that was already going on with a bunch of like local Lexington bands and basically like the same thing, like from, we played a, a spot called girls, 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 burrito burritos in, uh, in Lexington. And just from the jump, like kids were going insane. Like, just like, yeah, just really just mind blowing. So like, we knew we were like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. Um, perfect way to like end the tour. Um, there were like, Every band on there were really dope. I think, uh, let's see, I want to. I think the band is called Dismal. Um, they covered "Cursed" by Ceremony, so always awesome in that sense. I heard the bass started in that one, and I, I had already thrown on like my slides after our set, and I was like, I heard the band, and and and, and I was like, oh my gosh! So I had to go into the pit with my slides on. Got to do what you got to do, um, and then. The headliner, the headliner was a band called Lips, and they killed it. Um, yeah, so it's it's like a tough tie between those. Yeah, they were both awesome. No, it sounds like a wild time. And when you're in these restaurants, uh, from your uh, you know perspective, is it uh, having a hardcore show there? Was this a normal thing, or were the normal restaurant people like kind of surprised, like what the heck is going on? Who are all these weirdos here? So Island Tropics was really awesome because um, the uh, the woman that was behind like the the register I don't I guess I, she may have been one of like the owners of the restaurant but she was working the register when you know when I bought my food but like at one point I don't remember if it was during the show or after the show maybe before the show even started she was just going into the uh, like show area and just taking pictures with people and just being like oh my gosh like I can't believe there's so many people here and I was like this is that's awesome. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like girls, girls, girls in Lexington also knew, like knew what was going on. Um, 
all the people who worked there were super nice and it was yeah it was awesome and did you get to try any burritos at the lexington spot oh yeah oh yeah so i think i got like i was like okay it's the last day of tour so i was like i have to do it up really big so i got a burrito and a crunch wrap delicious oh yeah that's awesome yeah and i i I think it's really awesome when bands uh early on go out and do tours because i I think that's a, a great way to gain new listeners gain gain new supporters is just showing up to the city playing a show and uh word spreads like so fast it, it, it it's crazy because obviously social media is uh, awesome right twitter instagram facebook whatever people use that, that that's a great way to um you know get places that you probably would never thought of but i, I feel like like the most impactful way is to actually show up in person and play a show yeah i agree yeah it was like one of those where like um a lot of these were booked with uh fortunately with ethan being in jive bomb he gets the opportunity to where when he is out with jive bomb he's able to like show other people like hey this is like a band i have um and that's been able to get us a lot of like promoters who are interested in booking or at least gives us a little bit like a you know more of a contact um rather than just having to like cold like cold dm people um and that was super helpful blame god already knew like a lot of people that we could hit up um and unfortunately also with like um for a couple of the shows like touring with morbid deity were like the couple of the shows that we played were places that morbid deity had already played um so we like already knew the promoters we already knew like a lot of the people in the bands that were down in those areas so like it all came together like extremely smoothly and it was you know it was awesome yeah, it, it can be rough when you're trying to book a tour for a newer band. This is like a, a new experience that I've had, right? I, I had some friends who are in a newer band. They're getting a lot of traction and they're just trying to, you know, go hard with it. And I uh, they had asked me for some help and I, I reached out to some promoters across the country that I know. And to get this newer band shows, it was definitely a challenge because it's just like people are like who the hell is that like we've never heard of them and i'm like trying to sell them on this band and right like i'm not like their manager or agent or whatever these they're just good friends of mine and i believe in their music so i'm just trying to help them out but it's still like a, a challenge like i wasn't successful in getting all the shows that they had wanted but at yeah. least um i was able to help out with some but but it, it, it definitely was harder not having um, any like, you know, prior contacts or, um, you know, any, uh, you know, a foundation laid by the band because they'd never been to where they're headed. Yeah, it definitely helps out a lot um, with just kind of like any of the the people that Ethan's able to meet when he's out on the road with uh, with Jive Bomb. Um, but also that makes it like a lot easier for us because then we can, you know, as he plays like different areas with Jive Bomb, he's able to be like, hey, I have a power violence band or like a fast hardcore power violence band that's able to, that may like fit better on a bill with, you know, if there's someone in another hardcore band in a certain state that also has a band that's like similar, whether it's like fast punk, fast hardcore or something like that, then we're able to like set up those shows like super easily just because it, all the music like fits together uh, very easily, you know. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I, I my friends play a, a different genre of music. So it, it was a tougher sell. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely get that. Um, 
but you finished up the East Coast Power Violence Tour. I, I always have to ask, when will there be the West Coast Power Violence Tour? Oh, God. Well, actually, I mean, that's already, uh, we, we've already been talking about that. Like, the, because not only were the shows great, but just also like hanging out with Blame God. And honestly, like, I feel like us together were, I, I, I mean, I was telling this, like, them this probably every night. It was like the, uh, kind of like the combination of us two, I, I felt was like really good because um, Sinister Feeling has a lot more like fast hardcore and like you know, um, you know stuff that people can like move around to. But Blame God like really brings like the heavy aspect of it, where you know it's like we get people moving around and then Blame God goes on and they like just crush it. Um, so I mean, it was like perfect where we're hanging out with each other every day we're uh you know everyone's like trying to we're like trying to meet up the whole time um and all the shows were like really dope um yeah so like west coast was like in the in the talks like before we even uh before we even like finished the the east coast so it i would love it to happen some point just no idea like when exactly but it's definitely uh definitely like in the in the works eventually <laughs> okay well you make it to california you want to play orange county please hit me up please hit up my friend kenny uh we would love to have you absolutely yeah we'd love to like i've i've seen well i mean i've seen videos of like a ton of like you know my favorite like power violence bands and like my favorite like fast hardcore bands just playing like basements and like backyards and stuff in california and i think that shit's like the coolest thing ever so hopefully that we get the opportunity to do that um you know soon enough or at some point all right and you put out the promo with rebirth records uh i'm just curious uh, how did that relationship spawn um so when i moved to delaware i basically was like um i'd like told myself i was just like oh i'm just gonna like go to as many shows as i can um at the time i mean delaware hardcore like more or less is like I guess like the brother, you know, brother, brother, sister, you know, like uh, sibling kind of like very, very close, close enough to Philly to where like you can just drive up to Philly for a show like whenever. Um, so there's a lot of connection there. And I was going up to like Philly hardcore shows, you know, like all the time. Um, so I saw Bob quite a bit because Bob was booking like so many shows and like Bob, you know, still books shows nowadays. Um, also kind of connected with Bob over um just like fast hardcore in general like we both like left for dead a lot um i'm fairly certain that uh bob and i also like vintage t-shirts and we have multiple times been bidding on the same like left for dead shirts on ebay and stuff so we've uh you know connected in that way um bob also books a lot of like fast hardcore bands bob also was in like let down which is like similar like left for dead style hardcore um so we kind of like, uh, you know, like uh, bonded a lot over that. Um, so once the demo came out, I was, or once, once we had the demo, Bob was like the first person that I had in mind where I was like, this, I, th I think he would love to put this out. Um, this is, I think something that like he, you know, he is into. Um, I didn't really have anyone else in mind. So I was like, hey, you know, are you interested in doing this? And came came together pretty quickly. That's awesome. It's it's cool that you had one person in mind and they were actually down to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, very very stoked. Um yeah, he was 
first person I had in mind. So like once he was like, yeah, I'm down, I was like, awesome. Yeah, I'm sure that saves a lot of, uh, I, I wouldn't say stress, but I, I've talked to so many bands who are like, that's one thing that they're like really focused on. Like, hey, like we want to put this out with somebody. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I, you know, like it, it, I, I don't feel like it's that important that early on. Like, it's cool if it happens, but I, I, I don't yeah. think you should get too hung up on it. Right. Because like if, if you send it out to you know, X amount of labels. It's just like, it, it seems like you just want somewhere to land. It, it doesn't, you know, really matter where you land. You just want to land somewhere. And I, I think that's a little strange. Um, yeah. I, I kind of agree. It was like, uh, what I had in mind was like, Bob was one of the first people that, um, I like thought of, I want to say, I forget if I, if I even like mentioned to him before the demo came out. Um, but I mean, I'd always see him also at like shows for like, I mean, like power violence bands, uh, like fast hardcore bands, like even even besides like Philly hardcore shows, I'd like always see him there. So like as soon as we put that together, I was like, hey, this is like the style of hardcore that we're doing for this demo. Would you be interested in putting it out um, to where probably like if he wasn't um, if he didn't put it out, we probably would have just like dropped it just on no on no label or like put it out and then see if like some label would be interested in like doing tapes or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's, uh, uh, you know, a fair approach. Right. Cause like, I like, trust me, I, I see a lot of bands just like so hyper-focused on wanting to be a part of something and I get it, but it's just like, I, I feel like if you write good enough music, they'll come knocking, you know? Yeah, exactly. Either that or the, like, I, I always like put a lot of stress on like, if you go to shows, you'll meet people that like the same shit that you do. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it's like some of those, some of those connections just come naturally where like, if you nerd out about a specific t like style of hardcore, you are going to meet somebody at some point who like puts out that style of hardcore. So it's kind of like, uh, in, you know, in a sense, like Bob and I like that kind of stuff. And to where I was like, I didn't really even have to like think about it very much. I was like, it would make sense for like him to put this out just like a random demo from, you know, from people from Baltimore, like who, you know, just want to play fast hardcore. Yes. And I, I think it's really awesome. So I'm stoked on the sinister feeling. I love the promo. The demo's awesome. And I'm very much looking forward to the LP whenever it does come out. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think we're going to be getting back to writing, uh, hopefully sometime this week. We gotta, we gotta finish future scene demo first. <laughs> Yeah, you got that show coming up, so times, uh, you know, you're on a clock for that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. You know. Okay. Well, worst case scenario, what happens if you can't come up with songs? Are you guys just like, what's the the reality of I'm um, not coming up with songs versus you know coming up with enough for a set? Oh, is this for like for future scene? Yes. Oh, uh, we're yeah. Don't worry. Well, we so we uh, I think we met on Sunday, and we wrote six songs. So we're going to write, I think the goal is to write like eight to 10. So I think we only need like one more session. And we should be good. Okay, for sure. And uh, obviously uh, this is a, a newer thing, but any like real plans like after this, like if it goes well. Oh, for future scene? Nah, no, no real plans. <laughs> yeah, literally like uh, we're going to play this show and then I could very well see it being like uh, if if everyone in the band has the opportunity to like uh, meet in Ethan's basement and uh, write like a new record or maybe write like a split, 
um, then we'll spend like an afternoon doing that. But yeah, definitely, definitely nothing so far. <laughs> okay. And you mentioned um, moving to Delaware. So where are you originally from? Because I, I was thinking this whole time you were from Delaware. Um, so I'm originally from Maryland. Um, I grew up like, uh, I guess you could say like, like 45 minutes, like north, northwest of Maryland. So, um, or not northwest of Maryland, northwest of like Baltimore. Um, basically in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Uh, so lived there for basically my entire life. And I went to school on like the Easter, like the Eastern shore of Maryland and then got a job in Delaware. And that's, that's what brought me to Delaware. Oh, interesting. Okay. And, and how did you like it out there? Cause they do have an interesting scene. Like there's a couple of key bands, but I'm always wondering like what's going on out there. Yeah, I was, I was extremely lucky to basically move to Delaware as soon as, uh, what, as soon as what was like, I heard described by multiple people as kind of like the Delaware Renaissance, if you will, where, um, basically they just found like new venues. And so they were able to like have a, a couple more shows in, in, in Delaware. Um, so I was like super lucky that that was the case. I think one of the first shows that I ever went to Delaware, went to in Delaware was like probably uh, like one of the most insane shows that I've been to, you know, like since I've really been going to shows. <laughs> and which show was that? So this was, uh, let's see, enemy mind laid to rest, vicious embrace, I think Bereave played, uh, Mercy Blow. I feel like I'm missing one band. Mm -hmm. uh, very likely with the, <laughs> with like how the Delaware scene was around that time, Foreign Hands and or Year of the Knife may have done like a secret set. Um, Cause that was like a, that, that always happened for the most part, like at Delaware shows. Mm -hmm. But I mean like, Laid to Rest and Enemy Mind com combined in basically what was kind of like a very small event hall in Delaware called Wilmington JC's. Um, yeah, that was, that was awesome. That is wild. Okay. So you moved to Delaware and I, I want to ask you about uh, capsule nine. How did that come together? Um, so I've known like, I mean, basically I've known like everyone in the band for a while. Um, and I think what had happened was Jack who also plays in foreign hands and simulacra. Mm-hmm. I think he had written one of the songs or kind of like the skeleton to one of the songs that was on the, uh, the EP. Um, and he was just trying to find like people to get together and like turn that into a real band. So he was just like, Hey, are you interested in playing bass? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Um, and then we just met, I think we met for maybe like a month, maybe like two months. We were able to put together the, uh, at least the instrumentals, uh, for that EP. And what's the status of that band? Because I, I uh, really enjoy the music. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a, a, a TBD kind of thing. Um, so we do have another show that we're announcing pretty soon. Uh, we played our first show, I think it was last week, um, at Ortlieb's in Philly. Um, it's going to be like a TBD kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, right now with kind of like foreign, foreign hands is in like, the the best position that i've ever seen them in ever they yeah, are getting busy they are all fronts and i am like a hundred percent in the i'm i'm in the, the the category of like foreign hands like do do whatever you need to do like this band will be here mm -hmm. so it's kind of like based around their schedule 
Um, also a little bit based around like Simulacra schedule is uh, Jack and uh, Brezza, our drummer, play in Simulacra. Um, so it's kind of like we're going to just keep writing new stuff. Um, I think the goal is either to put out a another EP or basically just like in however much time it takes, ba like bank enough songs to do a record and then just like record it and put it out whenever, you know, people have time. So it's like it's a very TBD whenever people have time kind of band for sure. Okay. Well, it's a kind of uh, like a good band to have, uh, you know, waiting in the wings because obviously um, everybody's doing other stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, Brezza on the, on the drums. I uh, love what he does. But um, yeah, w w whenever you guys can get together and, and do stuff, I, I think it's, uh, you know, will be like special just because uh, just because of the fact that it's not a full time band and the music's awesome. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who, uh, you know, wants to see and hear more from you guys. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like uh, it's it's nice having like no. I mean, also with like it's it's kind of similar to Sinister Feeling, but like Capsule Nine has like even, I mean, even less of like that pressure, where it's kind of like nobody in the band is like, oh, we need you know we need to like put stuff out like this particular time. It's like uh, Brezza, Kyle, and myself have like talked about getting together kyle is uh, one of the guitarists um he we, we've talked about like getting together and just like you know starting like bank riffs bank songs but that's really been the only plan so it's honestly been pretty pretty great <laughs> and what's the the distance between um where you're at and uh versus delaware oh it's not too bad it's like uh 45 minutes 45 minutes to an hour just a nice drive up 95. Oh, wow. See, in my mind, see, I, I'm bad when it comes to the geography out there. So I'm, I'm thinking like two or three hours, but 45 minutes, that's that's not bad at all. Yeah, not too bad. And I, I really don't blame you because like it wasn't until um, Morbidity had like went to Florida because for a while I would see bands that would announce a tour and they do like either. I mean, the bands will like always do this. They'll do multiple dates in California. They'll do multiple dates in Texas they'll do multiple dates in Florida. And I always thought that was like weird. But then once you're there, you realize like how far everything is. You realize that uh, Orlando, Florida is four hours from Miami, Florida. Um, and then it like makes a lot more sense. So it, I think it's the same way in California, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, to do um, you could just do a whole tour in the state of California and you'd be, you know, racking up like a, a lot of dates. But um, yeah, like from where I'm at in Orange County to, to L.A., right, um, it, it could be a, a short drive or a long drive because, like, you know, from where I'm at to Long Beach, where they have shows at Supply and Demand, uh, that's a easy, you know, 20, 30 minute drive. Um, but if I go to like a, a different part of L.A., it, it could take me up to an hour, hour and a half, just depending on traffic, because um, L.A. is pretty big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I don't do uh, too much traveling. Like whenever I, I, I do travel, it's either to FYA or to um, Wilkes-Barre. Um, yeah. So it's like when I'm out there, it's like, I, I'm, I'm not like super familiar with it. Like obviously like how I am out here on, on the West coast. Cause I've been out here my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you get on the plane for that one. You're not, you're not taking the like, you know, four or five hour drive or whatever it is. <laughs> 
yeah um i did the last time i i went to wilkesbury we did um the drive to philly because i i recorded an interview with uh, bob wilson me and my buddy jeff shout out uh, feet first productions and i, I was just surprised oh philly is uh, such a cool scene and uh, i was like it's only two hours away that's crazy yeah yeah philly's amazing um it's like consistently just awesome shows going on there like really really spoiled while i was living in delaware the fact that i could just drive like an hour i mean not even that i mean it was like maybe like 30 minutes to 45 minutes depending on traffic just up to philly for like any kind of show that i really wanted to see you know yeah i'm looking forward uh, i'm actually flying out to philly in, at the end of next month for the hardcore pride weekend oh nice awesome yeah i'm i'm pretty excited because I, I haven't uh been to a show in philly since uh last year when uh, from within records did their showcase so it'll, it'll, it'll be nice to get back to the church and to see um actually a lot of bands that i haven't been able to see yet so i'm actually pretty excited for next month yeah it's gonna be awesome there are like tons of tons of solid bands on there yeah are, will you be in attendance or do you have something else going on um potentially i guess it just depends on like what's going on that weekend you know okay yeah the, I, i'm really excited to see wreckage uh there's that band live it down carbonite yep. there's so many sick bands yeah those those bands are, are are very dope also shout out uh what is it wreckage has members of uh kidnapped yes personal favorite of mine okay yeah and, uh, i i just had noah on the podcast the singer wreckage and he um had uh, obviously a high praise when, when it came to kidnapped so I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing the new stuff yeah, I think uh, I think kidnapped is like super super slept on, um, or I, I mean I guess like underrated. And you know I'm really excited that I think you know um, they're starting to like play a couple more shows, and we're playing a show with them coming up. Um, so yes, excited excited for the world to hear kidnapped. Yeah, let me reach out to somebody from the band, get them on here, and help push them because yeah, they're they're super sick. Oh yeah, if you need if you need some contacts, just let me know. Okay, no, I'll I'll definitely I'm hit you up about that. Um, once we get off air, and uh, I, I'm curious. Well, whenever I talk to anybody from your area, I, I always have to ask. I I'm obsessed with this podcast called Serial that came out in like 2015. And it was like mm -hmm. centered around this uh, murder that happened in 1999. Uh, this guy was accused of killing his girlfriend, um, and then uh, buried her in this place called, um, Lincoln park. Uh, are, yep. are you familiar with that park? So I'm not really familiar with the park, but I think I'm only really familiar with that because of what was it? They, he was, he was freed recently, right? Yes. Yes. Which is crazy. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I've heard of that and I want to say that I have, driven through that park a few times but i can't say i'm super familiar with the podcast or i guess like any a lot of the other details like surrounding you know that entire case you know what i mean okay it, it, it's interesting if you ever have time the 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 most popular podcast the the one that kind of sparked this whole this whole thing like yeah. there's 12 episodes well, actually, sorry there's 13 episodes because they released one after he um, was freed yeah. um but it, it, it it's only like probably like runtime from like all 13 episodes it's maybe like around eight and a half hours just, uh -huh. yeah, which isn't bad because I, I remember when um one of my friends from vegas she was like just hounding me to to listen to it and um, i was like all right let me check it out so i listened to the whole um series because this was after all the episodes had already aired um mm -hmm. and i i listened to it in one day and i was hooked I was like, this is crazy storytelling was was great 
but then once you get like super deep, once you get sucked into the Reddit, into all the other like the alternative podcasts covering it, like you realize that they weren't telling like the whole story. So it, it, it's uh, it, it, it's it's just something that I just got weirdly obsessed with, and I still think about it to this day, even after he was freed, because there's still, even though he was freed, there's still so many like unanswered questions. Because like if he didn't do it, which I never thought he did, but um, if he didn't do it, then like there's somebody out there who did, and they still don't know to this day. And it happened back in 1989. Mm. So y'all yeah, added to my uh, my my prospective uh, podcast list. Okay, because if I ever make it to Baltimore, uh, that's like something I want to do. I want to uh, get my buddy Jeff from Feet First because he he always um, helps me and films for me. I, I want to yeah. go to Lincoln Park and just do an interview there. Even though I heard it's not like the best area, so um, obviously we gotta uh, you know be careful, but. It's just something that I, I've heard so much about, and I'm just so curious. I, I just want to be able to check it out at some point. Yeah, you you definitely will. I, I I think like I mean you know you should you should be all right. You know if you go there as long as long as you're not like uh, I guess acting like you're it's like your first time there or something like that it should be good. <laughs> I mean, the grand scheme of things, it's still a park, so it's you know. Yeah, I I, I won't get too excited. I'll, I'll just be yeah. Jeff, film me. We'll, let's figure it out. And also shout out to Jeff. Jeff, uh, what was it? Sinister Feeling played SWB Fest a couple months ago, and Jeff filmed it. Oh, you guys played that version of SWB over at Carl Hall. Yes, correct. Yep. Shout out Jeff. Shout out Nate Prosciutti. I I I love both those guys. Whenever I travel out to Wilkesbury, I stay with Nate, and Jeff always uh, you know make sure that I'm taken care of. So I love it out there. Love both those guys. Hell yeah. Yeah. Wilkes Bear is pretty cool for sure. Okay. And, and now I'm curious cause you said you, uh, you're going to add it to your list of podcasts to maybe check out what other podcasts you actually listen to. Probably the main podcast that I listen to is so, um, I'm like big into like movies. Um, in like my free time, basically what I do is like, I just, I mean, usually when I like after I eat dinner, I'll like watch a movie or two. Okay. Uh, so I'm big into like movie uh, reviews on like YouTube and whatnot. Um, there's a podcast called Sardonicast, which is basically just three like movie YouTubers who just pick. Usually, what they do is they'll talk about like current movie things, um, and then they will go over a like one movie that they may have watched that's like a recent movie, and then they'll do like a suggested movie and they'll talk about it a lot. Um, pretty pretty good. And do they release the list beforehand so you can have already prepped and watched the movie? So when you listen to the podcast, you'll be in tune or do you, um, you know, kind of do it in the reverse? You'll see the podcast, go watch the movies and then come back. It's been like both ways. Like, for example, uh, they have uh, they've talked about some movies that like I've never even heard of. And that's had me go out and watch some of the movies. Um, and then it'll be like vice versa, where. I mean, like recently they just talked about like the Hobbit trilogy um, and I've already, I watched those like a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I uh, listened to this podcast. Uh, it's these two guys that it's part of like this, uh, like, I guess it's like a network called like bald move uh -huh. and they're just way more knowledgeable about game of Thrones than I ever was. Cause I, I, I read the books and then I watched, uh, season one through 
five. Yeah, yeah I think it might have been five because um, five was the season like uh, like the whole season got leaked like the first week that it came out. Like somebody leaked the whole season, so. I like lost motivation to watch it, which was like, it's a weird thing. So it was like really hard for me to get through season five. But, um, uh, during season five, I was like, man, uh, there has to be like more out there for me to consume. So I, I stumbled upon this podcast and, uh, the, the guys over at bald move just, uh, just kind of like opened up my mind. Cause I thought I knew a lot about game of Thrones, but when they were doing like these crazy, like breakdowns and analysis, I was like, I don't know shit, but it was really fun to be able to, um, to hear them, you know, break down every episode and compare it to the book and then just kind of learn like way more about something that I already loved. Yeah. They knew, they knew the true lore. I think it's also nice. Like, uh, I mean, when it comes to like movies, I just like, I don't know. I like talking about like movies in general. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like just, I love giving my opinions on like whatever a particular movie is. If it is, you know, if it's bad, if it's good, if it's like weird. Um, yeah, I, I like movies a lot, for sure. Okay, can you give us a quick review of the latest Ant-Man movie? Uh, no, because I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, that's fair. Uh, okay, L- last movie you saw in theaters. It's mad funny because you know what the last movie I saw in theaters was? I'm curious. The Rise of Gru. The Rise of Gru. I've never... The, okay. If, you know, if you... Uh, We've got uh, what, what's uh, what is it? Uh, Citizen Kane. We've got uh, you know Pulp Fiction. Uh, you know we've got. Uh, let me think of some other movies. We got uh, you know basically like we we've got our, our list of masterpieces, and then you know added to that list, Minions: The Rise of Group. Wait, so where where does the um sorry where does the Karate Kid fall on that list? Oh, I don't even know. Karate. I don't know if I've seen the Karate Kid, honestly. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Uh, that's something that I, I just grew up with, and I love that movie. Because it's, it's it's kind of funny because I feel like I've seen, what was it? They did the remake of Karate Kid with Jaden Smith, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that one's okay. I feel like I've seen that, um, but I'm also like uh, uh, horribly, what is it, like horribly jaded against remakes where I think like any remake of any movie is like automatically going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. So I assume probably not as good as the, uh, well, I don't know. The original one is like, what is it like cult classic? So, you know, probably not as good. The, the, the remake. Though. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It was a little strange, but I, I, I sat through it. Um, but I will say, uh, since uh, if you haven't seen the karate kid, go watch the karate kid. Um, all of them, uh, you don't have to watch the, you don't have to watch like, the the remaking has already seen it but but it's crazy because uh you know fast forward to, to now and they, they have that uh netflix series it was like originally a youtube red series and i think for any kind of like nostalgic like show to come back like this uh is like the best one cobra kai is what i'm talking about because like when, when you think about like the full house came back with um i, I don't remember what it was called fuller house that that shit was whack um, yeah fuller house was like porn acting it was really funny <laughs> Like, I mean, that's like the only way I can describe it. Yeah. Wait, you're watching porno and you're, you're watching the acting parts too. You're like, you're following the storyline. Yeah. And it, you know, sometimes you got to, you know, you got to be really invested. That is, uh, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. But Cobra Kai, seriously, I, I don't understand what they're doing over there, but they know 
uh, how to do it right because they they have like the just like the um, just the, the the amount of original actors that they're able to to bring back I thought was amazing. They're probably missing a couple, um, but versus the other shows, they will uh, you know suck you in with like the first episode. Here's all the classic actors from back in the day, and then they're just gone. But with Cobra Kai, they're they're like you know main characters, and I think it's it, it's so, it's so awesome. Yeah, because they brought they brought back Ralph Macchio for that, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I think. I, I mean, I remember when like that was being uh, promoted like super hard, but I didn't watch it. Okay. Well, if you have a list, just just add it to the list because one day you might get bored or you might want to mix it up and you know feel some nostalgia. Karate Kid will always be there. Why well, do? Yeah, I mean, I I try and keep a list together but also usually what i end up doing is like scrolling through uh whether it's like streaming or, or like whatever and usually just looking for like oh this movie looks kind of like weird or like kind of cool might as well check it out or it is a classic movie that i've heard of and then i'll just be like i should finally check this out um like one of those being like i think like a couple of months ago i finally watched robocop oh barely great movie my cat's gonna try and sit on my lap real quick. Let's see if uh... <laughs> that's fine. But oh, no. we'll we'll see if we'll see if he ends up joining me. Okay. What do you think of RoboCop? I thought it was awesome. Yeah, I, I think like uh, there there's a lot to be like a lot of movies from like the seventies or eighties for the most part. Like even if they're like really terrible and like are just like just suck, at least they have like enough character to be entertaining. Um, whereas like, it seems like a lot of movies now, they just like plain suck and don't really have any redeeming qualities at all. Um, but yeah, R- RoboCop was pretty great. And I'm curious, I, I know like a couple of people who are like really into movies and for some reason, every person that I meet that's like really into movies, they're really into buying like DVDs and Blu-rays. Are, are, are you like that as well? Um, so not into buying, buying Blu-rays, but, um, uh, I, I like go to thrift stores a lot. So if I see like movies that I really like at the thrift store, um, then I'll, you know, I'll pick them up cause they're only a couple bucks. Um, and then also like lately there's a, uh, there's like a, a, like record store along with like movie store, et cetera, in Baltimore called Soundgarden. Um, if there are any movies there that I probably, for example, like I bought, uh, the like original old boy from there on DVD. Oh. I just like been able to find that at the uh the thrift store so i was like hey you might as well like spend the you know a little bit of extra money to like get the dvd but um wouldn't quite yet call myself like a dvd collector i need about uh let's see probably need like double the amount of dvds i have right now to to get to that point okay and old boy korean film oh yeah how uh you know shocked were you when you found out the twist this is Jeff, by the way. What up, Jeff? Um, very shocked. Well, it's funny because uh, one of the, uh, the the YouTubers that I had mentioned before, um, in the podcast I listened to, it did like a basically an entire breakdown of why the old boy remake, the American like old boy remake, sucked compared to the original one. Mm-hmm. So I kind of already knew what happened, but it's like one of those movies that's so good that it like it doesn't matter. You can just like just watch it anyway and it's like still enjoyable um so wasn't as shocked but also it was like this is a great movie i was more shocked actually when my uh <laughs> the, 
the DVD that I bought actually like ended up, I think like, I mean, it didn't like break, but it wasn't working. And the, the spot that it stopped that was basically right before the big reveal. So. Wait, so what'd you do? Did you have to go find another copy? I still have yet to find another copy, but like, I already know what happens. So I'm not really like, oh God, like I need to go get another copy soon. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And uh, did you watch the American one just for reference? I think I would kind of get mad if I watched the American one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I heard they were making an American version, I was just like, why? Well, there was nothing wrong with the original. It was fine. You can just leave it alone. Yeah, I, I think it's like the uh, what is it like the intellectual property thing where it's like they have either they're like, oh, man, we need to like make a certain amount of money so we can like buy the inter- intellectual property for this movie. And then they just have to like shit out some terrible movie just to, you know, um, probably like not pay a lot for it. But like enough people will go see it to where they'll like turn a profit. Um, so that's crazy. But, don't think I'll be watching the uh, the 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 American version of it anytime soon. Yeah, that one kind of like flew under my radar because I wasn't like super interested in it. I was a little bummed that it was happening. So I don't even know where you can even watch it if it's even on a streaming service. I hope it is not on a streaming service. It is a uh, what is it? Well, you're talking about the the remake or the original one? The remake. Yeah, hope hopefully it's not on a streaming service. It is a it is an affront to film. It's it on. It's it's on uh, Crackle. Have you ever heard of Crackle? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's some free service that is like uh, pretty whack. Maybe it's on like uh, what is it? You can get it on like YouTube movies. Like it's one of the ones where you can watch it like free with ads or something like that. <laughs> I've never been that interested in watching a movie like that with ads because I'll, I'll I'll see some. Uh, movies i'm like i don't want to sit through ads even though the ads are probably short and I, I sit through ads on normal youtube videos anyways i, I probably should get an ad blocker yeah <laughs> okay well that's awesome to hear that you watch movies I, I have a hard time with movies just because they're so long so i'm like i don't know if i can make that commitment to sit still for that long oh i i love a long movie uh for example uh one of one movie that i end up watching quite a bit is uh the irishman which is like oh no (laughs) it's three and a half hours long banger movie yeah i remember i was watching that movie and uh i was back at home at my parents house and i was in my old bedroom and i was like laying down watching the movie and I was just thinking to myself, like, how long is this fucking movie? Because I had no idea the length of the, the, the movie. I just put it on because so many people were talking about it. Yeah. And I was like two hours in and I saw how long it was. I was like, this is insane. So I literally took a break. I like came back to it. It's like I watched like part one and then yeah. I, I had to come back because I could not do it in, in one shot. Yeah, I've, I've heard like some people will make like a strategy thing where they're like, all right, you watch up to this point and then you take a break. And it's like you essentially are watching it as in like, you know, two, like a two parter, mm-hmm. but I, I watch the entire thing from start to finish. Yeah. For me, it's like, I don't Yeah. I, I start to lose focus, especially since that one was like on Netflix. So I wasn't like, I didn't like go out and pay for it. I didn't drive somewhere to go watch it. So since I was uh, at my parents' house, I was like, All right, let me just be lazy and just kind of roll over and get back to it. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't blame you at all. It's, <laughs> It's super long, but uh, I I am a a, a pro pro long movie uh, 
Like I'm I'm pro long movies. Well, I mean it's like pro long movies if all of that time is like used a, a accordingly. If it's like a long movie where like nothing happens, then I'm like, all right, you know. So it doesn't. Have- were you excited when you saw how long Avatar Two was? I actually have never seen any of the Avatar movies ever. You know, I I can't recommend them because I watched the first one when I was so young. I yeah. I do not remember anything about that movie. And then the second one came out and I could not remember anything about the first one. So I just didn't even bother, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think. Uh, what was it? Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever like had the interest to go see them. Um, and I don't know if they've ever been on like streaming or anything like the, the first one, but yeah, it's been one of those ones where I'm not like, eh, you know, I, I need to, you know, go see what's going on with the uh, the Avatar world. Okay, so for anyone who's listening to this, what's the one movie that everyone should watch? Oh, oh my gosh. All my Delaware friends are so fucking tired of me suggesting this movie. Everyone, everyone needs to watch the movie Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is one of the greatest movies ever created. Um it is amazing. Okay. Yes. I will push that to the top of my list because I have not seen Boogie Nights before. It is, uh, what is it? I think it's uh, Paul Thomas. Is it Paul Thomas? Here, one second. I'm going to look this up real quick. No problem. I, I'm i not the biggest movie buff, so there's, a, there's a, a long list of movies that are iconic that I have not seen. So basically, star-studded cast, uh, let's see, Paul, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movie from 97, Okay. Um, like the my, one of my favorite parts of this entire movie is the main character is played by Mark Wahlberg, who basically as of late has been kind of trying to essentially act like this movie never happened. Um, because if let's see, um, I'll just I'll I'll read the description that's like on IMDb of like what this movie is, and you can probably realize uh, like why Mark Wahlberg wants to act like this movie never happened. Okay. Um, all right. So in, in the San Fernando Valley in 1977, teenage busboy Eddie Adams gets discovered by porn director Jack Horner, who transforms him into adult film sensation Dirk Diggler, brought into supportive circle of friends, including fellow actors Amber Waves, Roller Girl, and Reed Rothschild. Dirk fulfills all his ambitions, but a toxic combination of drugs and egoism, well, no, egotism, threatens to take him back down. It is amazing. Okay. So funny. I will I will watch that. Thank you for the suggestion. It's like uh Star Scudded Cast, so it's like Mark Wahlberg, uh what's his name? Burt Reynolds, Julianne Moore, uh what's Heather Graham, John C. Riley, Don Cheadle's in it, uh the late uh what's his name? Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. Um yeah it is amazing hilarious uh also kind of like gets you know real real tone at some points okay it is probably it's 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 very funny because like mark Wahlberg wants this whole movie like scrubbed off the face of the earth because he's like uh born again christian guy now um and he wants to you know he doesn't want to be a bad boy anymore he wants to be like the the i'm the good i go i go to church and i'm the religious guy and stuff um but it is easily the best movie that he's ever been in. Um, and it is hilarious. Um, I think it's one of those, it's one of those movies that I could like just watch at any possible time and it always will be good. 
All right. Well, I appreciate the suggestion. Like I said, I will watch that movie. And I appreciate you taking the time to do the podcast today. Yeah, anytime. <clears throat> Yeah, no, th- this is seriously uh, something that I-, I was very much looking forward to. Because, like I said, I- I'm a fan of the bands that you're in. So I-, I was excited to have you on today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay. And before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, let's see. Um, probably, let's see. So, uh, Polar View demo coming. Well, no, I think it's Polar View EP coming soon. Uh, hopefully, we'll be getting Scalar demo coming soon. Hopefully, we'll be getting civilian demo coming soon. Uh, future scene demo coming soon. Uh, and then, I guess, just like be on the lookout. Sinister Feeling is probably going to be announcing a bunch of shows pretty soon that are pretty cool. Really looking forward to it. And also, may or may not be announcing another tour pretty soon. Um yeah, and I think that's I think that's about it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thank you again. Thank you everybody for tuning in, and we'll be back soon.